the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Pavan Brach is here, serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech, and real estate development, and a part-time farmer. I gotta go visit that farm. Uh, Shelly for you. <laughs> Shelly Carroll is a Toronto City Councillor. Amanda Galbraith, principal at Navigator and the host of Free for All Fridays. All right, I, I know that some people have tried to downplay this greenbelt business, saying nobody really cares about it. But now we're up to our second cabinet minister, who has been kicked out. Uh, let me start with the person who does image and branding, and that's Amanda Galbraith. Um, yeah, I don't know what the Premier does to press the reset button. Apparently, he's going to come out with his entire cabinet this afternoon and make a statement. What would you tell him he should say? Uh, <laughs> I would be like, this is not going to be a fun day at work today, would be yeah. how I'd walk in there. Um, you know, I think their only refuge is to really stick with what they've been doing, right? You know, the worst part about going through a firewall is to... Uh, stop halfway and they can't do that so they need to acknowledge the fact that you know this is not acceptable um he took the right steps in removing the minister from caucus and cabinet like you know just the i mean the optics of it are awful let alone whatever actually happened and they need to kind of i think what they need is really a channel change if they can find one the problem is they were probably on their way but then stuff like this keeps popping up so hopefully nobody else has any eruptions of idiocy and they can actually talk about building housing and getting things done, which I think is actually a really important conversation we need to have in the province. Although, Pavan, I mean, this has all the notes of scandal. I mean, it's Las Vegas, for Pete's sake. It's a strange thing called, what was it, a magic trick massage or something like that, which really <laughs> sends the imagination soaring. Oh, God. This, and, yeah. and I won't <laughs> confess to have ever heard of this minister before either. No, I mean, he's appeared out of the dark. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think we need a contest, uh, you know, for a, a line that finishes off the what happens in Vegas, you know, dot, dot, dot. Uh, it's, <laughs> ends it's in the just, green belt. <laughs> yeah, ends in the green belt, ends up with the integrity commissioner, uh, the great Manny Petty sca massage scandal, I guess. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, the only option, John, I can see here, because it's awful, is uh, that uh, Doug Ford has to dazzle Ontario with good governance. I mean, that's... The guy has chutzpah. He has the ability to go in and do things. And, um, you know, we just need him to go in and, and get things done that, that are right. And, um, you know, I think he's got a lot, you know, whoever's running things behind the scenes needs to maybe, you know, be looked at. I know he's got a very capable chief of staff in Patrick Sackville. But there are, you know, the only way to distract from this giant mess is to start doing things that are, you know, start taking action on health care. You know, let's let's do things like bring in Ontario graduates, allow doctors trained in Australia, UK, US. Let's fix that problem. Let's let's give money to the cities to to improve the housing approvals. Let's fix the landlord tenant board. You know, there's so many things that he can start to do that will make meaningful change and distract Ontarians from what is obviously a disaster. And I think that's his only option. Okay. And Shelley Carroll, some people would hope perhaps he would just say, screw this whole Greenbelt thing. I'm going to reverse it all. But, uh, you know, he can be a stubborn individual, but at the same time, Doug Ford has reversed himself in the past. Well, yes. And he, he actually demonstrated that yesterday because I understand that the minister had a quick visit with the premier and it was right after that that he resigned. And what that indicates is that, is that uh, this premier can learn. 
um, he hesitated a long time and 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 was stuck his neck way out trying to defend Minister Clark. Uh, but that is not what happened yesterday. And so he, he he can learn as he goes. And and that's a unique feature about uh, Doug that we forget. And I have to give him that. Um, and I know that. Uh, know that he'd like to change the channel we're very excited the city of toronto that we're going to sit in this working group to really discuss what to do about about uh, our uh, our our city's uh, need for a new financial structure uh that's about to happen and that's something that can have an impact for cities all across the country and and so he is looking for ways to begin to make differences uh in other ways but i still think that the strategy that so far looks like it's going to be their strategy on the actual green belt stuff which is to just wait and you know pull the the properties in question out as they come through the planning process such as he did with that first piece of property he said nope putting this part back in the green belt that was great news but it would be better to do it thoroughly by just following recommendation 15 of the auditor general it appears they're going to do it piece by piece and each time it will remind us that this happened there were protests across canada yesterday in multiple cities and then counter protests and i guess what i want to ask the three of you about this morning is what your takeaway from having observed coverage of those protests was pavan i'll start with you uh, i mean my own takeaway was i was somewhat disturbed at the mis information that, uh, you know, a lot of the anti-gay protesters seem to be laboring under, that they were talking about things being taught in our schools that are not taught in our schools. Well, yeah, there's no room for, there's no room for truth when, when it comes to riling up people. Um, yeah, no, that's disappointing. And, um, you know, I, I did uh, drive by one of the protests myself. I mean, uh, it looked like there was a, a, a mix of parents who, who had a point of view that was, uh, and, and then there was another group, obviously, that had concerns about uh, discrimination. I think, listen, all of the uh, the rhetoric and the nonsense aside, I actually, and I, and I have nothing whatsoever against any community, et cetera, I do think that this is, it's good to see peaceful protests. And I think it's good to see expression of people's uh, perspectives. I think we're, we as Canadians, as Ontarians are just too quiet. And, and, and we do need to start to, to kind of express how we feel in a lawful way. Uh, and so I, I take some encouragement from that. People are saying you know, on the one hand that they're concerned about the age at which some of the education is starting. Kathleen Wynn earlier in the show said, you know, they had sex education when I was in school too. But, you know, I think some parents had a, had a concern about the timing. And on the other side, there's absolutely no room for, for discrimination. So I, I do think it's important that people do express themselves. And I, I frankly took some encouragement from that. And it's, it doesn't end on this issue, by the way. Shelley Carroll, here. I don't doubt that there are a lot of people with concerns about their kids in school. And in particular, I can appreciate both sides of this uh, issue about whether or not you inform parents about what's going on, what a kid is saying at school. But at the same time, there were a lot of people very, very willing to step up to a microphone yesterday. There was one guy you said, I'm sick of the rainbow flag. I'm sick of the gays. Yeah. Um, and this is this is actually, if we look around the world, this is how what, what, what can be very, very troubling legitimate policy starts. So hats off to anybody who had the time yesterday to go out and, and vocally be a counter-protester. Because we, we have to stand up to this. Um, you have to stand up to to that level of ignorance because if you don't, if it it be, if it begins to to gather steam, 
Um, the next thing you know, you have, you have, uh, you know, some politicians are lazy. They see a group of people all thinking something and they take it up, whether they believe it themselves or not, because it's, it's a, a way of, of gathering up more political support. And so little by little, we find ourselves going backwards in what we, what we know should be, uh, our legitimate be- behavior of acceptance. Um, you know, I had a wake up call in, uh, in, uh, the summertime, I went to a meeting, and Amanda will know we have a good friend who, who works in the political uh, uh, arena, Sabine Matheson, who is a person you know we we all knew as a man for many years. Uh, they transitioned. They are still very respected in the field of government relations. Uh, great advisor to to many folks, but he stood before a crowd of 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 all Ontario politicians this summer, and he said, "How many of you have been to Florida in the last couple of years?" Or she said. I should say. And, uh, you know, a few hands went up. And she reminded us, I can't really go there. The politics of that state are such, it can be a beautiful vacation place. I can no longer go there. And so in any country, in any province, we do have to stand up and counter protest against the ignorance that can create a situation like that, that might take flight and become everyday politics that we that we start locking people out of the washroom they want to use yeah uh, amanda your thoughts from your takeaway from what you saw yesterday i yeah i'll be honest i tried i I find sometimes this stuff is so hard to watch i I didn't like i didn't tune in and watch all like minute by minute of the protest i think it's unfortunate i think there's like a real nuanced conversation that hopefully should be happening in this to a certain degree about um how we protect and support um lgbtq kids and particularly trans kids who are i think struggling while also ensuring parents continue to have a role uh, and and i think are able to help and support their kids um somehow that has become a weird political football which unsurprisingly has taken off and then we get protests where people say things like as you said john um you know i'm sick of the rainbow flag which is like completely unacceptable so uh i i don't I don't want to make. I think it was a, it was a big show of whatever it was yesterday, but I don't think it's broadly reflective of the views of most people in this province or this country. And I take some comfort in that. Uh, let me come back to something you referenced on the side, Pavan, when we were talking about the Greenbelt scandal, and that is uh, this new study from the Ontario Real Estate Association that says Ontario postgraduate, uh, post-secondary graduates are thinking of moving away because they can't afford to buy housing. So, Pavan, I'll start with you on this one. Um, I had a question for Tim Hudak, and he said, well, we never asked that before, so I can't say. <laughs> I would imagine a lot of people who graduate from university are leaving the province. Can we necessarily say it's due to one reason or another well it's tough you know I would say that I don't know that fourteen thousand or even nineteen thousand dollars in debt um, is going is is material uh, to the ability to purchase a house that that you know if you're lucky and you're buying in Brantford is 500 grand uh, you know, so I think I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's a major barrier, but, but I would support Tim certainly in the sense that, uh, you know, this is just another, another reason, but the market will dictate and people will, will move if they have to move. I think the bigger issue really, uh, is just back to the main ones that have been researched over and over again. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's pretty much impossible to build anything in any Ontario city these days, 
Uh, it's not all the fault of the cities, but, uh, you know, I mean, Burlington, Burlington, I just heard a horror story yesterday of, you know, 18, 18 months to get one room uh, approved uh, for a building permit. And it's and it's a staff that comes back every day, every week or every two weeks with a new issue and a new issue and a new issue. And, uh, you know, we're getting nothing built. We're getting nothing done. Uh, this drives the cost of the house way up if you're if you're trying to build a new one, new deposits that you have to give for construction. I mean, the whole thing's a bit of a disaster. And it's and and there's a staffing issue, frankly. These cities are, are stuck between a rock and a hard place because all the experienced guys are retiring, ladies and guys, and uh, the new people don't have the uh, the ability often, uh, and and are being you know being pulled from one municipality to the other with competitive job offers. So I think those are the bigger issues. Uh, I'm not sure that, uh, and I know that uh, the real estate society wants to get that stuff fixed. More importantly, thanks to you all. That's our time. So Amanda Galbraith, Shelley Carroll, and Pavan Brach, thank you for your contribution. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.